Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is the Rusk Report, a program that takes an inside look at Western New York with news, features, and special guests. Now, here's your host, Brian Rusk. Welcome to the Rusk Report on ESPN AM 1520, blanketing 17 states and much of Canada. I had the great pleasure at a Palm Beach Community College or Palm Beach State College event with James Patterson, the famous author, to be seated next to the state attorney for the 15th Judicial Court in Florida. And I sat next to Dave Ehrenberg, our guest today, state attorney in Florida. And I saw that he was a very bright, uh, captivating uh, gentleman with tremendous legal experience. So he is now on the Rusk Report, blanketing the East Coast. To tell you a little bit about Dave Ehrenberg, he was elected state attorney, 15th Judicial Court, in November 2012, and re-elected without opposition in 2016. He's a former assistant attorney general, White House fellow, and Florida senator. As state attorney... Dave Ehrenberg leads a team of 120 prosecutors and 220 professional staff in five offices throughout Palm Beach County. Dave Ehrenberg's leadership has led to a significant increase in conviction rates for both felonies and misdemeanors, a decrease in the number of juveniles direct filed into adult court, and a greatly improved working relationship with local, state, and federal law enforcement agencies. Dave Ehrenberg, state attorney. Let's learn first about your job. What do you do in your job as state attorney, 15th Judicial Court in Florida, Dave Ehrenberg? Well, hi, Brian. Thanks for having me on. As state attorney, I am the top prosecutor here in the county, Palm Beach County, and we prosecute all state crimes, anything from DUI to murder. We've had a lot of high-profile cases lately, some that I can discuss, others I can't. We've had the case of Corey Lewandowski, who was then Trump's campaign manager when he was charged with battery. Um, we had the case of Tiger Woods, where he was charged with DUI. And it, we have the recent spa cases, as you've seen in the news lately, um, involving a prostitution ring. But uh, that one, since it's pending, um, I can't discuss it. Then we won't discuss it. We don't want to get you in any trouble. Yeah. Well, it's never a dull day on this job, Ryan. And, you know, every day is different. You get to set your own priorities. Uh, We've made the opioid crisis a priority here in this office, especially when it pertains to fraud and abuse in the drug treatment industry and sober home industries. I've been doing a lot of work in that area. And and also we've uh, made human trafficking a big priority as well. So those are our are two of our big priorities, and like I said, I love the job. Fortunate to be here. You know, you were talking about opioid addiction, and we're taping from New York State, and it's really a terrible crisis we're seeing about, I believe, nationally 300 deaths a week 
with opioid crisis, and I understand about 90% comes through the uh, southern border. Uh, recently in New York State, uh, there were, I believe, three men in their 20s, and they were called by the police with an emergency, and all three died uh, with fentanyl. So uh, this opioid crisis, uh, how are we going to stop this fentanyl and heroin coming in through the Mexican border? What can we do about this, Dave Ehrenberg? Well, most of the fentanyl that comes to the United States comes from China. Although some will be uh, smuggled in through the southern border, most of them is just most of it is actually just mailed here through the U.S. Postal Service. And what we have done, thankfully, the federal government has finally taken action. They passed what's called the Stop Act, which is an act that requires the U.S. Postal Service to impose the same kinds of know your customer rules, the same kinds of questions that UPS and FedEx have to. So in the past, when a manufacturer in China would uh, would ship in their poison to the United States, they would do so using the U.S. Postal Service, which didn't ask questions like FedEx and UPS did. Now they do. So now we will hopefully root out the exportation of this stuff from the beginning. But it's still a problem because the Chinese government still allows this stuff to come in here, and they can stop it if they wanted to. They say they're stopping it. They say they're making it illegal, but they haven't really done so. We still see it. It is an epidemic. If we first had an opioid epidemic that was an Oxycontin epidemic, it then morphed into an Oxycodone epidemic, which morphed into a heroin epidemic, which has morphed into a fentanyl epidemic. That's the leading cause of death within the opioid category these days. Terrible, terrible um, uh, crisis in America. You look at the obituary page every week and you see young men and women in their 20s uh, dying. It's really a, a tragedy. Uh, let's talk about your uh, previous role as a former assistant attorney general. Uh, Dave Ehrenberg, what did you do in that position? Well, I was a consumer fraud fighter. I had some interesting cases. Like, you remember Miss Cleo, the Jamaican Shango Shaman psychic on late night TV, who is neither Jamaican nor a Shango Shaman psychic. Yeah, I vaguely I had, remember. What what was that all yeah. about? Oh, that was, uh, you know, what, $5 a minute, and they try to keep you on the phone for at least 20 minutes uh, to incur a $100 bill. A $100, yeah, at least a $100 bill. And if they didn't keep you on the phone that long, then they got docked and pay. And it was a big scam. That's what it was. It, was. it wasn't real psychic readings. Not that that's so easily verified, but at least, you know, when we were looking into this, we could not determine, obviously, what is a psychic and what is not. But we did find out that when they were advertising for jobs, when they were doing their, uh, their solicitations, they never asked you if you were a psychic. They just asked if you could read from a script. They gave you a script. They sometimes even paid welfare-to-work individuals who were subsidized by the state of New York to go ahead and read their scripts to take advantage of people who believed that they were getting advice and guidance. It was really uh, awful, and uh, the, the scam is no more. But that's one of the cases that, uh, that I led. And another one was investigating Purdue Pharma, the maker of OxyContin. That's how I got my start fighting the opioid epidemic. This was way back in 2001 when the, these drugs were starting to really pervade the market. So it's, it's been quite a whirlwind. That's how I started my career in public service and, and went from there. Very good. Very exciting career. Our guest today is Dave Ehrenberg, State Attorney, 15th Judicial Court in uh, West Palm Beach, Florida. 
Now, you worked as a White House fellow under which president, and what did you do in the White House, Dave Ehrenberg? I was appointed under President Bill Clinton. It's a nonpartisan one-year position. I served for the first four months in the Clinton administration, and then the rest, the remaining eight months of the term, I was serving in the Bush administration at the Treasury Department. So I got to work for uh, Robert Rubin, uh, Larry Summers, uh, Stu Eisenstadt, and uh, and Paul O'Neill, great, great people. Um, oh, and just to clarify, uh, Ruben um, had just left by the time I got there, but his people were still there. So technically it was Summers, Eisenstadt, who was the Deputy uh, Treasury Secretary who I worked under, and then when Paul O'Neill came in under the Bush administration, I uh, worked under him. He was, uh, he was a real accessible, uh, real person, personable kind of guy. Very good. For those who just tuned in, our guest today is Dave Ehrenberg, State Attorney, Office of the State Attorney, 15th Judicial uh, Circuit, and he's uh, performing this interview uh, with a remote uh, taping to West Palm Beach, Florida. If you're listening in northern Florida, Washington, Buffalo, or Montreal, drop us a note. We'd like to hear from you. Please write to Brian Rusk, ESPN Radio. 500 Corporate Parkway, Suite 200, Buffalo, New York, 14226. And we read cards and letters from our Canadian and European listeners as this station has received letters as far away as Scandinavia and New Zealand. Wow. ESPN 1520 is streaming. You can listen live by going to our website, ESPN1520.com, and clicking on the radio.com or listen tab. Little plug here, Western New Yorkers love their traditions, and the Ampol Legal has been writing about Polish-American traditions and events for over 50 years. News and features from a Polish-American perspective can be found in this weekly newspaper, as well as recipes and a calendar of events. Don't miss out on the next cultural presentation or polka dance by reading the Ampol Legal. The Ampol Legal is available in many Tops and Wegmans stores. For home delivery, call 716-835-9454. That's 716-835-9454 to have the latest news from Poland and Polonia in your mailbox each week. I'd like to thank those who have called regarding our uh, recent guests. We've had on this program uh, Craig Jackson of Barrett Jackson with their big auto uh, program in uh, West Palm Beach, Florida, Dr. Vonk with Kaiser University, and Polish-American leader Joseph Ray. I'd like to thank Yvonne Boyce and Al Zuccaro for recommending this program with Dave Ehrenberg, state attorney, 15th Judicial Circuit in Florida. A little bit more information about Dave Ehrenberg. In July 2016, he created a Sober Homes Task Force that has made more than 55 arrests for patient brokering and insurance fraud in the rehab industry and has led to new Florida laws and regulations that have become the model for other states. Ehrenberg's efforts convinced Google to restrict advertisements and improve screening for addiction treatment. And opioid deaths continue to rise nationally. Palm Beach County experienced a 62% decrease in opioid overdose deaths in the first four months of 2018 compared to the same period last year. We were talking about that before. 
Um, now, I see you that you were a state senator before you were a White House fellow, assistant attorney general, and now state attorney. What did you do as Florida senator, Dave Ehrenberg? Yeah, I was a state senator after I came back from my White House fellowship, and I served a swath of Florida from the East Coast and West Palm Beach to Fort Myers and Bonita Springs on the West Coast, and I focus on consumer uh, consumer issues, making sure, like, for example, identity theft, having new identity theft protections. Uh, we passed a bill on criminal justice issues to eliminate the statute of limitations on sex crimes against children. That was one of my bills. And I was the chair of the Port Security Committee, where I focused on making our ports safer from the threat of, of terrorism. The laws in Florida were written in the 80s for uh, our ports, and so our ports the, lo the security laws were geared towards the big threat in the 80s, which was drug trafficking. But, you know, but when I was there in the state Senate in uh, the late 2000s and around 2008 to 2010, I uh, saw that the great threat was more terrorism than it was drug trafficking. So we focused more on that threat. We modernized our laws at the ports. So that was big. And then one other area I focused on was Everglades protection. I was the chair of the Everglades committee, and so we were able to work with the federal government to restart a lot of the water projects to help clean up the river of grass. Very good. Sounds like you were very busy. Now, your uh, leadership has led to a significant increase in the conviction rates for both felonies and misdemeanors. What type of felonies, what type of misdemeanors, and let's talk about how you increase the conviction rate. Dave Ehrenberg, state attorney. Well, we focused on the areas that we had the weakest conviction rates. When I took over, we were dead last in the state in conviction rates, and we saw there was a problem when it came to first-time DUI offenders. Those folks were routinely going to court and winning. The juries didn't like to convict in those kinds of cases. I guess they put themselves in the defendant's shoes. We're talking about otherwise law-abiding citizens who commit their first DUI. So we started a diversion program. And it is tougher than if you're found guilty of DUI. You have to go through a bunch of things like pro, you have to go through an education class, you have to pay your fines, you've got to uh, go to a victim impact panel. You also have to have one of these breathalyzers inside your car to start the car uh, for three or six months, depending on the severity of your offense. You have to have random drug testing and alcohol testing for a year and you're on probation for an entire year, you have your car immobilized, you have a suspended license for a short period of time. You have all of these uh, restrictions and sticks, as I like to say, but the carrot in the end is that if you stay clean for that one year uh, you and pay your debt to society, you can have your, your charge reduced to a withheld adjudication for reckless driving, not DUI, and that, of course, pays dividends in the future. The program is so tough that it became the first program of its kind anywhere that was endorsed by Mothers Against Drunk Driving, MAD. And we have been very successful since then. And that, by taking out a lot of those first-time DUI offenders from the judicial system, from the trials, and putting them into this program, it has had the impact, I think, of keeping our streets safer, reducing recidivism rate, and increasing our conviction rates. So it's been a win-win-win. Uh, so we've uh, we've gone from 20th out of 20 circuits in the state of Florida to fourth uh, 
out of 20. So it's something uh, we're proud of. And, in fact, one of the recent graduates from our program, our DUI program, was Tiger Woods. He was the most famous person who went through the program. And I think the program has been very good for him. You see uh, how his career in golf has been uh, has, has been on upswing lately. Yeah, he's doing much better. Let's talk about the decrease in the number of juveniles direct filed in adult court. How did you do that, and what type of crimes did these young people commit? Well, you know, we want to be smart on crime, and we want to be tough on crime. But there's one thing to be tough on crime. It's another thing to be stupid on crime. And when you take a juvenile who commits a nonviolent offense or a juvenile who's really who is new to the criminal justice system, who is not a habitual criminal, then and you throw that person into adult court where they learn from adult prisoners and they get into the system and now their their direction in life is forever changed. Their trajectory is forever changed. You're creating an entire generation of adult criminals who could otherwise be saved. There, when it's a nonviolent crime committed by a juvenile, we have a juvenile system for that. There, that's there in existence. But before I got here as state attorney, we were throwing these young people into adult court at the highest rate in the state. And it wasn't making us safer. It, you know, there's a, there's a place for juvenile court and there's a place for adult court. If a 17-year-old is holding you up in a carjacking with a gun, that's the right kind of kid who should be charged in adult court. If you're talking about a juvenile who has a long rap sheet and continues to commit, commit uh, major crimes despite going through the juvenile system over and over again, well, that's another candidate for adult court. But when it's a first-time drug offense, or if it's a first-time nonviolent offense, or even second-time nonviolent offense for a juvenile, there's a reason why we have juvenile courts. So we just prioritized and re, uh, reassessed these cases. Now, if you, we send a juvenile to adult court, we have to have two prosecutors sign off on it, not one. You have to have the head of the juvenile section and the head of the adult intake section. So in the past, it was one person's decision. It was done pretty uh, pretty quickly. Now it's a lot more deliberative because you don't have a second chance to get it right. Once you make that decision to send a juvenile into adult court, that changes that person's trajectory. That changes that person's future forever. And we don't want to create adult criminals out of juveniles who otherwise can be saved. For those who just tuned in, we're speaking with a bright state attorney, Dave Ehrenberg, Office of the State Attorney, 15th Judicial Circuit from West Palm Beach, Florida. I had the pleasure of being with him at a Palm Beach State College a luncheon chaired by Boca Raton, Florida civic uh, leader Yvonne Boyce. If you're listening in Washington, Manhattan, Buffalo or Toronto, Ontario, drop us a note. We'd like to hear from you. Please write to Brian Rusk, ESPN Radio, 500 Corporate Parkway, Suite 200, Buffalo, New York, 14226. We always read cards and letters from our Canadian and European listeners. A little bit more information about Dave Ehrenberg, State Attorney, 15th Judicial Circuit, Florida. He was born in Miami. Dave attended public schools before going on to graduate with honors from Harvard College and Harvard Law School. After graduation, he worked in the litigation department of a large South Florida law firm, which also 
uh, while also working closely with then com insurance commissioner Bill Nelson to investigate European insurance companies that refused to honor World War II era price policies sold to victims of the Holocaust. Let's talk about that, uh, what you did regarding uh, victims of the Holocaust. What was that all about, State Attorney Dave Ehrenberg? Well, I worked with Bill Nelson, who is the insurance commissioner of Florida, and we investigated European insurance companies that stole policies from victims of the Holocaust. Uh, at the time, it was the largest consumer fraud in the history of the world. You remember the Swiss bank scandals? Well, this dwarfed that. And so we tried to restore a measure of justice to the victims of the Holocaust by going back to see if we could get those policies honored by the companies that sold policies to victims of the Holocaust, people who they knew were in jeopardy of destruction by the Nazis. And then after the war, these companies refused to honor the policies. This was a targeted effort by these insurance companies. They knew who they were selling to. They knew that the, the risks involved, and they counted on it because they did not want to pay. They, they counted on the fact that this was an uncollectible policy by individuals because the, co the companies would say, well, you know, we can't honor them because our assets have were nationalized by the communists, or we can't honor it because you need to provide us with a death certificate, like Hitler provided death certificates uh, back then uh, during the Holocaust. I mean, this was corporate malfeasance, and it's what got me my stuff in the area of public service because I was a young lawyer in a private law firm at the time, and I found this project, and it was the most meaningful thing that I had ever done in my life. And uh, I couldn't look back after that. I couldn't go back to the private law firm and bill hours for big companies. I had to do this full-time now, and so that's what happened. That led to my life of public service law, and that's where I am now. Very good. Now, I understand that you've greatly improved the working relationship with local, state, and federal law enforcement agencies as state attorney in West Palm Beach, Florida. Dave Ehrenberg, tell us about that. Yeah, I am fortunate to work, have a good working relationship with law enforcement. And, you know, there are no turf wars with our office, and we have a good relationship with them. And just, you know, hopefully uh, law enforcement feels the same way because, before I got here, we there were a lot of turf wars, and we uh, hopefully put an end to that. That was a goal of mine. Now, three years ago, you created a Sober Homes Task Force that has made more than 55 arrests for patient brokering and insurance fraud in the rehab industry. Tell us a little bit about what you did on, with this uh, creation of this task force. Dave yes. Ehrenberg. The Sober Homes, uh, we went after fraud and abuse in the drug treatment industry. That fed the opioid epidemic. We're talking about what's called the Florida Shuffle, where individuals are uh, given kickbacks and, and other illicit benefits to keep them into rehab, to relapse, as opposed to recover. The money was in relapse, not recovery. And so we have been able to root out this scheme. We've made 85 arrests since October 2016, and we've become a national leader in this fight. And it's reduced the number of opioid overdose deaths as a result here in Palm Beach County. Coming up in the coming weeks, we have Ken Abramowitz, who is a uh, New York City uh, civic leader who's very concerned about Judeo-Christian ethics being lost in our society today. And uh, 
the difficult plight for uh, Jewish Americans with growing anti-Semitism. Then we will have Tommy James, the rock and roll star, on the Rusk Report on ESPN AM 1520. Opioid deaths. Let's talk a little bit more about this. Uh, You saw a decrease of 62% in opioid overdose deaths in the first four months of 2018 compared to the year before. How did you get involved with that? State Attorney Dave Ehrenberg. How did I get involved in fighting the opioid crisis? Yes, what happened there? Well, I started when I worked for the Attorney General back in 2001, the, the State Attorney General. He asked me to investigate Purdue Pharma, the maker of the drug OxyContin, and together we went after Oxy, uh, the Purdue Pharma, which made OxyContin, for their marketing practices. And that's how I got my start fighting the opioid crisis. I started then, and then I became a state senator and worked on the issue more as a state senator, and then as an assistant attorney general drugs are, and now as state attorney. It's been my career uh, mission is to reduce the number of opioid overdose deaths and you know i've been working on this since investigating purdue pharma and today the main focus is going after the drug rehab centers that are fraudulent that are milking people for their insurance proceeds keeping them into into recovery as opposed to uh, getting them healthy they they're uh, keeping them into this endless cycle of recovery and relapse until they leave in an ambulance or a body bag so that's my focus and you know hopefully we can continue to be a national leader in this fight because we've made real progress in palm beach county uh, but other communities are are unfortunately bearing the brunt of this corruption because as they leave Palm Beach County, a lot of them are going elsewhere and they're opening up shop elsewhere with rogue treatment centers and corrupted sober homes that are designed not to get people well but to milk them for their insurance proceeds. We have uh, just a minute and a half left on the Rusk Report on ESPN AM 1520. You worked in the role as the Attorney General's drug czar and led an anti-pill mill initiative that helped clean up the pain clinic industry. Tell us about that, Dave Ehrenberg, state attorney. Yes, I I did this work my whole career, this uh, opioid work. And so when I uh, targeted back in the years 2010 to 2012, I targeted the pill mills, those pain clinics. There were more pain clinics in Florida than there were McDonald's in Florida. We had pain clinics that just provided the the country with its endless supply of opioids. It was in the form of OxyContin and OxyCodone pills. So I worked together with the Attorney General, Pam Bondi, and we shut down these pill mills. And as a result, uh, you saw a dramatic decrease in the number of, of OxyCodone deaths. But soon enough, people replaced their OxyCodone with heroin. Because we knew when we shut down the supply of these drugs, the demand wouldn't go away. People would move to a cheaper, more accessible alternative, heroin. And that became the heroin epidemic. And that has morphed into a fentanyl epidemic. So here we are, full circle with this interview. We we're talking again about the need to get tough on the importation of fentanyl, which is now the number one opioid killer in the United States. 
We've learned a great deal from Dave Ehrenberg, State Attorney, Office of the State Attorney, 15th Judicial District in West Palm Beach, Florida, a great fighter against uh, drug abuse uh, throughout the state of Florida. We're honored to have him on the Rusk Report on ESPN AM 1520. Special thanks to Kevin Carr, our Director of Production for the past 15 years. Thank you for enlightening us about the opioid crisis. Dave Ehrenberg, State Attorney, Florida. Have a great week. You've been listening to The Rusk Report, a program that takes an inside look at the Western New York community with news, features, and special guests. If you have any comments or suggestions, please write to Brian Rusk, 500 Corporate Parkway, Suite 200, Amherst, New York, 14226. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.